I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go on this last day of January. The year is 2023. This is Scoop Podcast episode 408. We finished the month with a bang. Joining us in studio, he's a rookie for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was a first-round pick last June. It is Wendell Moore Jr. Wendell, good to see you. Thank you for doing this. The last time you and I sat down, it was after your introductory news conference. So... You know, the trade happens, the Wolves end up with you draft night, you flew in, I don't know if it was the next day or the day after, but soon thereafter in late June, Mm -hmm. you come into town and then after your introductory news conference, you did some sit-down interviews with local media, including me, my main job is is the local ABC affiliate. So take me back to that day in late June Mm -hmm. until now. So what are we talking, seven months, eight months? How much has life changed? Uh, Well, for one, thank you for having me. Um, It's an honor. Uh, and to answer that question, it's it's kind of been a, a whirlwind for me. I mean, it's everything I've hoped and dreamed of, but at the same time, everything feels like it's moving so fast. I mean, we're, what, eight games out from All-Star break, and that's, after that we got, what, 21 games left. So and after, that, my, uh, after that playoffs and my rookie season will be a wrap. Uh, so everything's definitely moving fast. I mean, um, our team, have we've had the highest points of our season, lowest points of the season. And we're still right there fighting. Um, I mean, so I think it's been an unbelievable season for me and an amazing rookie year so far. Have you had a chance to catch your breath? Have you had a chance <laughs> at some point just to sit back and reflect on everything, or is it moving too fast? Uh, no, it's definitely not moving. It's, it's definitely not moving too fast. I'm, um, especially for me, I'm trying to like take every moment day by day, um, and I think I'm doing a great job of that. I'm just enjoying every, I'm every part about it. I'm really learning as much as I can, especially. Um, in the position I'm in right now, going kind of back and forth between here and Iowa, um, just kind of learning things up here and then translating them down there when I play. Um, and then when my number is called up here, just staying ready. Expound on that, going back and forth here to Iowa. What is that like? Like, yeah. are you sick of Highway 35 at this <laughs> point? Like, you were here for the game, it would have been, what, Saturday? And then Sunday you head down to Des Moines, play, yep. then you're back up here. What on Monday for for the game? Like it's just it's a yo-yo. It's completely <laughs> back and forth all the time. Like how crazy is that? Oh uh, yeah, no, it's definitely kind of a crazy schedule. But I mean, honestly, I love it. Um, I, again, here I mean, I get to watch our guys play amazing game Saturday against Sacramento, and I get to uh, take some of the same thing, the same thing I was learned that night, and kind of apply it to my game that next uh, or that or that two p.m. game on a Sunday. Um, I mean, so just getting those reps in Iowa. Uh, we have a great team down there. Um, and it's really kind of uh, like the things we do here, we do down there. So it's kind of no translation. It's no, um, like nothing's different. Um, so it's kind of easy for me to just play my game and learn. Well, take us to a specific example. So, okay, so you're sitting on the bench Saturday. Yeah. You know, you guys get the win over Sacramento. What specifically did you take from Saturday night into that afternoon game on Sunday? Uh, really mostly just some of our defensive schemes, um, especially like just playing like defense there. Uh, kind of like we like to chase out of their shooters off screen. So just kind of taking that from down there. And then I were playing against some really good shooters too the next day, uh, just having to chase those same guys off screen. Um, so just knowing that kind of what I do there is kind of the same thing I'm going to be asked to do up here um, playing. Yeah, I mean, is that your calling card, at least initially here? Is the defense that, that that's your immediate path to NBA playing time, that you can be a lockdown defender? Um, yeah, I definitely think that's one thing that's – uh, going to get me on the floor early and keep me on the floor late in games. Um, just my defensibility and my versatility to be able to switch. 
um, kind of one through four, one through three in your position like that. Um, as well as like just I like secondary playmaking. I mean, the scoring and everything that come with it. Uh, but I definitely think it all starts with me a defensive end. I guess the way to look at it, are you who you can guard? Like you say, you can guard one through three, or maybe even one through four. Right. Like, is that how you view it? Like, okay, I can play multiple positions because I can guard multiple positions, or do you just look at yourself and say, okay, I'm probably more a one or a two? Um, I think for me, I always like to kind of call myself more just a, a basketball player, especially now in today's game. It's not so much. Um, it's kind of all positionless basketball. I, I mean, you have your guards and, and even forwards today. They're all kind of similar. I mean, we all score, defend, guard each other. And obviously you have your centers, your seven-footers, who are obviously different than guards. Um, so kind of nowadays, especially in, in in today's game, today's basketball, I feel like that one through four position can be literally anybody. You could be from six two to six ten, seven feet. You see guys on the wing doing that other thing. Um, yeah. So again, it just it, it just all matters who other team puts on the floor, who we have on the floor. Um, and, and I think the good thing about me is I can kind of play with anybody. So I, I I don't think I need to be on on the floor with specific people to be able to do this and that. Um, I mean, just kind of plug and play guy. Have you had a welcome to the NBA moment? Now, to me, it might be as simple as just that first game in late November right. when you really exploded minutes-wise. I mean, you played nearly 21 minutes at the time. That was a huge win. Heck, even looking at all the wins you guys have this yeah. year, that win in late November over Memphis, one of the better wins mm-hmm. of the season. You had a lot to do with winning that game. Like, I don't know if that was your welcome to the NBA moment or if it came before that, but do you have a welcome to the NBA moment? Um. Yeah, I think for me, my my first real welcome to the NBA moment was kind of when um I remember we were in Portland um and I checked in against um obviously my check in my matchup uh was Damian Lillard and kind of just right away just I picked up probably two of the quickest fouls I've I've ever picked up in my life and uh and after that I mean I I don't think I I don't think I saw the floor after that I mean just kind of got me out of my rhythm early is something I haven't expected. Um, I, I think for me, kind of learning that superstar versus rookie, I mean, he's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. So just, uh, just learning that was definitely my welcome to the NBA moment, and along with that first start being against, I mean, again, like you said, Ja, and uh, another one of the better point guards in our league. Um, I mean, really just knowing night to night that it's going to be a, I mean, it's going to be a great point guard I'm going to have to guard soon. So On those two fouls, I mean, you said, I mean, superstars oftentimes get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, although... LeBron would like to have a conversation on that, right, <laughs> from from the Celtics game the other night. But, yeah, more often than not, seemingly, a superstar gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Were they legitimately fouls on you, or did Damian get a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there? Uh, I would definitely say first one was probably a foul. Maybe my hand was in, was in, uh, in his airspace a little bit. But, I don't know, maybe the second one, I feel like I kind of slid my feet, beat him to the spot. Maybe got a little body contact on the low, but... Um... I guess we'll never know. I mean, it's always, it's, the book today is still going to be a foul against me, so I guess I'll take it. So you play 21-ish minutes against Memphis. Mm-hmm. You played a bunch of minutes that next game. Then the minutes dipped from there. Like, yeah. just how challenging is that, that you know you can play if called upon? You can play 20 right. minutes. But there's going to be games where you don't even literally get off the bench. Exactly right. So how hard is that? I mean, I really think for anybody that would be hard just not playing because, I mean, well, we all come to the NBA because that's our dream. We want to play in the NBA, right? Um, but my thing is just always staying ready. I mean, because I think that's really the most important thing you can really do is because, I mean, if I look at it as a negative thing and kind of look down on myself, then I won't be ready for that next moment. So for me, it's just always staying positive, just staying ready to, to be ready so I don't have to get ready for, uh, when that moment comes. Um, I mean, so for me, I kind of look at it always as it's just a learning tool. So I might not play that game, but 
like what can I take from the game to to be able to use when I do get that next opportunity. Part of staying ready are these stay in shape games. There yeah. was there was a clip that the Timberwolves put on social media today. Uh-huh. Looked like it was a pretty competitive game. <laughs> you had what the winning assist was a Nas Reed hit the winning shot or somebody on your team hit the winning shot. Oh yeah, that might have been one of the earlier games we had. I mean, but okay, maybe it wasn't today. Then they put the video out today, but might have been yeah. you know, days ago. Uh, oh yeah, now those games get extremely competitive. We have our. I literally stay in shape league is a real thing. I mean, so for the guys um, who make it like limited minutes or just coming back from injury or just feel like they I mean, just want to play, uh, I, I, we have kind of like a, like a team pickup game before before the game right after the shoot round on game days. Uh, so we all get together and play. It's probably like six, seven guys on the team, and then we'll have like a couple PD guys coming and join us. And, I mean, it's a real competitive atmosphere. It's real game-like situations. Uh, we keep score. We keep track of records and everything like that. Uh, we even have our own all-star game coming up. So uh, you guys might get some clips of that. Uh, if you do, uh, just be ready for them. Are you an all-star? <laughs> uh, hopefully. I mean, I think the second round of voting came out. Um, I think I was uh, in the top five of the all-star voting list uh, for Stan Shape League. So hopefully uh, when this next third round comes, I hope I'm still at the top. And a couple staff members even officiate, right? Like fouls are called, like. Yep. These are legit scrimmages that take place. Yeah, it's game days right after shooter on, right? Mm-hmm. So like 11 a.m. or 11.30 a.m., you know, yep. morning of a game. Like, you know, we're talking here on Tuesday night, the 31st of January. Tomorrow night, the 1st of February, you guys host Golden State. Right. Now, they sent out, a, you know, a notice to us in the media saying no shoot around, but <laughs> you guys may still gather morning of, right, for a film session or whatever, a scouting right. report. So you guys like Wednesday morning and then Friday morning before the Orlando game, like you guys will be going pretty hard, huh? Yep, every game day we get that stay in shape league in. I mean, that's something uh, definitely for me. I mean, it helps me just stay in shape, uh, just play, get game reps against, I mean, obviously game-like players um, and the guys we have on our team. Um, yeah, so, it, I mean, it just keeps us all sharp, keeps us all ready. What has surprised you the most about the NBA? I'd probably say just how detail-oriented it is. I mean, every little detail about, about this game matters. I mean, because there's not one player that you like can't worry about. If, I mean, if you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, everybody who plays is important. Even if you don't play, you got to know that they're personnel too because they may check in whenever. Um, so just being attentive to every little detail in the NBA, um, I think that's definitely been one of the uh, most eye-opening things in my uh, uh, short stint here. I mean, I would also think just the business side, right? I mean, even right. going back to draft night, even if you knew before the official transaction, but – Technically, Minnesota didn't draft you, right? So, I mean, you've already been traded technically, yeah. just knowing that, hey, like snap of the fingers, who knows? Like the trade deadline is next week. I don't think Tim Connolly is going to trade you, <laughs> but you never know. Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, like you said, that business side of it, I mean, everything's always moving. I mean, everybody wants to win here. So that's the main thing. So every team is going to do what they can to try to win. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it comes with trading players. Uh, again, like you said, hopefully Tim believes in me enough. Uh, to keep me around here past the trade deadline. I mean, I love Minnesota uh, since I've been here so far. Um, yeah, but that's just part of the business of it. Um, and I think guys do a great job of just being professionals. Um, I think that's the main thing you can do, uh, it's, especially as a young guy coming in, just be a professional. Uh, so that's what I try to bring to the locker room every day. What do you love most about Minnesota's work talking here and it's 10 below degrees outside? <laughs> so I don't think you're going to be spending a whole lot of time outside anytime real soon. Heck, I've lived here since 1987. Right. I'm not spending any time outside, I can promise you, Wendell. But what about Minnesota, specifically the Twin Cities, are you enjoying? Um, I just think, I mean, really just like the camaraderie of the city. I mean, I feel like since I've came here, I mean, I've been embraced 
about everybody here. Everybody's so nice. I mean, whenever I'm out, um, I get a couple of, hey, go Wolves. Um, I mean, just our supporting staff here. I mean, the fans have been great at the games uh, for everybody who's been attending. Um, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, we're winning, so everything's just going to keep trending up. I mean, uh, just everything about it has just been so fun for me. I mean, I go to the malls. I, I go to the mall probably every other week. I just I just love the Mall of America. It's a good spot. Um, and the food, it's, it's, uh, it's some great food here as well. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Like, do you welcome when fans approach you? Are you okay with that? Or are you one like, uh, you know, I'll be nice, but right. I'd rather just kind of live in my own little bubble? Um, no, I mean, when a fan uh, approaches, I always, I make knowledge of my sign, whatever they have. If they want to pitch out, I always take a picture with them. Um, but it's, it's more of like an extrovert to introvert. I kind of see myself as both. I mean, I definitely have my own little shell about me. Uh, but when I get a, uh, I'm around a good group of friends and things like that, I mean, I definitely start to come out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not one of those guys that's not approachable. So don't, uh, yeah, don't ever take it like that. Any connections with the extended Duke family here in town? Like, you know, Tyson Trey's mom, Debbie, yeah. still lives here in town. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess Matthew Hurt, Richard Hurt is, you know, in the Hurt family right. an hour south, but you've got the Hurt family relatively yep. close by. Gary Trent Sr. Mm-hmm. is in town with Gary Trent Jr. Right. Any connections with those families? Oh, uh, yeah. So my mom and uh, Miss Debbie Jones are actually great friends. Uh, anytime my mom comes up to visit, they always hang out, they catch up and things like that. Um, it, and then they were at the game the other day um, against Memphis uh, that we just had here. Uh, so when she was sitting courtside, I, I'm always going to say hello to her. Um, and like you said, Richard Hurd as well. Uh, he still checks in on me a lot. I'm um, asking if I ever need anything, just hit him up. I um, see so the Duke family definitely um, is alive and well in Minnesota. Um, and we all support each other, so it's been great. Did you see the clip of Coach K at the at the Knicks-Nets game yeah. the other day with RJ <laughs> and, and Kyrie and, and Seth Curry that, that – you know, that photo and yeah. there was some hugging and some bonding going on after the game. Oh, you know, I mean, that's what the brotherhood is all about. I mean, I'm, I mean, we're all so happy for Coach that he's finally get to enjoy the rest of his life. Um, I mean, because obviously the job he did in college basketball is obviously second to none. Uh, so he deserves every moment he gets. Um, and for him just to be able to still support his players like he does, I mean, you don't see too many like that. Uh, so that's why we all love him. Um, that's, uh, again, what the brotherhood is about. How much do you still lean on him? For advice, I mean, yeah. do you still call him? Do you text him? Like, what's that relationship like today? Uh, we definitely have a great relationship. I mean, obviously, we're not one of those who text each other every day and things like that. But he checks on me a lot. I check up on him. I'm asking, asking him how he's doing. Um, I, I mean, actually, after that extended games, we talked about early hours playing, and he texted me uh, right away. He was proud of me. Congratulations. Uh, keep going. Just giving me tips and advice and everything like that. Uh, I mean, so just having him in my corner, even to this day, I mean, gives me supreme confidence. To, um, yeah, I mean, because who better to learn from than to go himself? So, how cool was last season at Duke, Coach K's final season? Like, yeah, you know, we can go back a year ago, right? <laughs> like, think about this time last year, the right. last day of January last year into February, right? I mean, that it just had to be just an exciting time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year college basketball was. Easily probably the most fun I've had playing basketball in a long time. I'm, I mean, because when you have that talented group of guys and I really just the way we got together uh, and along with all the hype that surrounded us, I mean, there's not too, I mean, there's not too many things that can beat that. And uh, I mean, really just that run we went on was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I loved every part about it. And, and I mean, even to these days, those are still my brothers. Uh, we still talk a lot, so. Um, Do you remember the losses more than the wins? Like, 
does it still pain you to this day that you guys were that close to, yeah. to sending Coach K out with another national championship? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the losses hurt a lot more than wins do, I mean, but there's uh, there's just so many moments off the court that you'll take with you forever. I mean, like you said, I, I, I mean, those are the guys I'll be calling my brothers for the rest of my life. Uh, so the moments that we shared off the court and on the court, uh, they mean so much to us, and I mean, those are just memories that we'll have for a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think about Paulo being here later this week. Yeah. Orlando has a free night on Thursday because Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic is actually getting his high school jersey retired yeah. at Minnehaha Academy about 10 minutes from here. So I know Orlando's got a free night. So, like, have you and Paulo even made plans to hang out? I mean, just with that brotherhood? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He texted me that he's coming in town. I mean, we'll probably get together sometime that night. Um, yeah, I mean, just hang out, catch up. I mean, that's kind of what we always do. I mean, anytime a do guy comes to town, I mean, if. I mean, if we're both available, we try to get up, get together. Um, if not, we'll see each other at the game. Uh, we'll def each other up, hug each other. Um, I mean, just really just get a chance to catch up. Did you figure Paolo would be this good this soon? I mean, you go number one, right? Right. I mean, the expectations are sky high, but not every number one pick lives up to those expectations. Not only has he lived up to those expectations, he's exceeded yeah, those expectations. It, it, exactly. Um, I, I think for me, I, I mean, I knew it would click for him, but like you said, this early – he just came out of the gate just, like, I mean, like, he's been a vet in this league for five years. I mean, just the way he's playing. But he's always been that talented. I mean, ever since he came to Duke, um, I mean, he's one of those talents that are hard to come by. I mean, they only, only come out there once every every couple of years. I mean, he's that special of a player. And not only on the court, but off the court as a person. I mean, so Orlando definitely got, uh, I mean, they got their number one pick for sure. So, I'm definitely happy for Paulo. He's definitely turned that franchise around a little bit. I mean, obviously they're winning a, a little bit now. I mean, it seems a lot more down there. Uh, I mean, they're getting healthy, and it, it seems like a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, that will be him. a tough game on Friday. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, like over their last 26 games, they have a winning record. I mean, they're playing so much better. They won in Philadelphia yep. the other night. So, like, you look at these next handful of games, the Warriors into Orlando, into Denver twice, mm-hmm. like right up until that All-Star break, like, you guys don't get a break. Right, you're right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that's good for us, kind of. I mean, it allows us to stay locked in. It um, allows us to just keep building as a team. And I think we've been doing an excellent job with that so far, especially over this last month. I think we were 11 and 5, maybe. Over, uh, yeah, 11 and 5 in January. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah as I mean, good so as anybody outside of Denver us. in the conference. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I think this month was especially huge for us and just going to All Star Break, just to keep building, uh, especially these last eight games is super important. Um, just to get that momentum going to the latter part of the season um, and then into the playoffs and carrying that on and everything like that. Um, so I think the energy and the effort we're playing with is definitely growing and it's starting to become uh, contagious among everybody. You brought up the P word, playoffs. I mean, I had a conversation with Austin Rivers, a few of us did, mm-hmm. the other day. He said, hey, I mean, we're constantly checking the standings. Yeah. We're like fans. We're like you guys in the media. Like, we're constantly on a night-to-night basis looking, okay, like, you know, New Orleans lost, I think, on Sunday. Uh-huh. So you guys didn't play Sunday. You guys had moved up as high as five. Yeah. Then you lose Monday to Sacramento and you fall to like nine. Exactly. It's just crazy, isn't it, Wendell? Like on a night to night basis, like you guys could fluctuate from like as high as three to like as low as like 11 or 12. And that's, I mean, that's how crazy this Western Conference is. I mean, every single night you got to come with your A game. Because uh, again, that one loss can see you down six spots and that one win can take you up to the uh, top three in the conference. Uh, so we know every game's important for us, and um, I think that's one thing that we've been uh, building on as a team, just everybody just coming in locked in. I, mean, I think especially over these last last 16 games, been 11-5, we've been able to show that, uh, that we're able to stay locked in over consecutive periods of time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and, and, 
I mean, our team is playing some really fun basketball right now, so it's great. What's it like playing for Coach Finch? Uh, yeah, he's great. I, I mean, just learning from him every single day. I mean, his offensive mind is brilliant. Um, so just learning different back cuts, different angles, this and that. Um, it's been amazing for me. Um, and just seeing how, uh, just kind of how he sees the game um, it has been really cool as well. I mean, the intricacies of that offense and all that cutting, like how much does it fit your skill set or how hard yeah. is it mentally just to grasp everything that he wants to accomplish? Um, I wouldn't say it's hard. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's just kind of just basketball. Like the kind of offense we run is not really designed for one particular person. You know what I'm trying to say? I've, I, I feel like everybody in our offense has a chance to shine. I'm not talking I'm not, that's kind of why I think our offense is kind of so effective because everybody's able to kind of do their own thing. You see, um, and being able to put up the numbers he does, D'Lo, Jaden, Kyle, Rudy, uh, TP, Jalen. Um, so just kind of night to night, you never know who's going to have uh, kind of that game. Um, and I kind of think for me, again, just being kind of a guy who can play with um, any of those guys, just name, um, I kind of think that uh, kind of helps me out a little bit, just be able to just be inserted anywhere, just be able to just play basketball. Because at, at the end of the day, that's what we all know how to do. Uh, that's what we grew up doing. So uh, that's what makes it fun and easy. What's the bond like with boss Tim Connolly? So after shoot around on, on Monday, I was over there on Monday. I saw yeah. you, and I think it was Luca, and maybe Rudy came over, and mm-hmm. I think Josh Minot was in that circle too. But it looked like you guys were going back and forth with Tim for a while there. Yeah. And the Tim's been great. I mean, because just the – the way he encourages us. I mean, every time we go down to the G League and play, he wants to see the best out of us. So he tells us, uh, play with that same energy and effort as if you were playing here. Um, yeah, I mean, he always expects the best out of us, no matter how much time we play, where we're playing. Um, he just wants to get the best out of us. And that's all we can ask for in our, um, our boss, our owners. I mean, he wants to win just as much as any, as, as any of us. So I, mean, I think that's what makes our job a lot easier when we have somebody at the top who wants to, uh, he wants you to succeed just as much as he wants himself to succeed. How competitive is the G League? Like, yeah. you can speak to this better than I, but I've long thought, Wendell, that there are more NBA players than jobs available. Of course. That yeah. there are so many good players that just, they're not in a position to sign even a two-way contract, right. let alone a standard contract. But they're good enough. It just, it's opportunity or yeah. circumstance, whatever it might be, but... There are just so many good players, whether it's overseas or in the G League. Yeah. It's like to me, the G League is high level basketball. Oh uh, yeah, you said it right there. I mean, it's definitely high level basketball. I mean, because any of those guys could definitely step on the NBA floor today and have some sort of impact. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're still NBA players. Um, it, it just happens. I mean, there's only 30 teams, the 450 players that's I'm able to play on those specific teams at the time, uh, but that doesn't mean that those guys down there aren't good enough because they're definitely more than capable. Of doing so, like you said, um, I mean, those games are highly competitive. I mean, they're never just a cakewalk or anything like that. So that's definitely why I appreciate them more because uh, it just allows me to just keep getting better because uh, even if I know I go in there, I'm playing against still some some high-level NBA talent, uh, maybe guys who've been uh, vets in the league before um, and things like that, just helping some young guys, you know. So, How far away did you grow up from the Duke campus? Uh, two hours. Okay, so, you know, far enough, but close enough where you can hop in the car right. or you know, it's close enough. So, like, is this your first full year of, like, really being away from home? Not that you haven't been away. Yeah. AAU tournaments in high school, all that. I get all that. But, like, truly being really far away from your family? Uh, uh, yeah, actually it is. I mean, because the first time I've been with Duke again, I had two hours. It was just close enough but far enough. Um, yeah, so this is definitely, um, I mean, definitely not a car ride. Uh, so it's definitely the furthest I've been from home. 
So what's that adjustment been like? I mean, what's it like to have, you know, whether it's your brother in town from time to time, you know, your significant other, right? I mean, it sounds like you have a nice support system in place. Oh, yeah, I do have a great support system. Uh, My family still visits, I mean, whenever they want. Uh, I think my parents actually come to us sometime soon. Uh, So I I mean, I definitely see them often. They come to some away games. They love to come to some like the uh, the hotter cities, uh, like the Miami's, the L.A.'s, the Texas, everything like that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, so they're definitely uh, my biggest fans. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I thank them whenever I see them. I love them so much, everything like that. So, uh, yeah, they're amazing. How much do the Wolves help out, too, just – whether they helped you find a place to live, yeah. meals, whatever it might be. Like, how helpful are the wolves? I mean, they do a lot. I mean, they definitely make sure we're taken care of. I mean, whatever we need, we can always go to them, uh, no matter how little it is. Um, if they can help, they do whatever they can. Uh, yeah, so they've been amazing to me uh, this far. Do you drive? Have you driven in, in the crazy snow here yet? Uh, unfortunately, I, I have learned to drive in the snow. Um, I don't get out much when it does snow, but... Uh, if I need to, I, I mean, my well, my drive just a little drive over the bridge to the gym. So it's, uh, it's uh, I'm I'm close enough to the gym, but I'm just far enough. Got to be careful though. Right. The bridges, <laughs> you know, they ice up faster than any other, you know, roadway, right? So you got to be careful even over that bridge. Maybe you're talking about the Hennepin Avenue bridge, whatever it is. But you got to be careful in those bridges. Right, I'm telling right. you. <laughs> but the adjustments going well. Like you enjoy yeah. living here. Like there's enough to do. You can strike that balance of. You know, the work you need to put in and, exactly. you know, you do everything at Mayo Clinic Square you need to or down in Iowa, but when you need to escape, there's enough to do mm-hmm. from that standpoint. Oh, yeah, Minnesota's been great this far. I mean, there's literally everything you do here. There's lakes in the summer. Um, I was here a little bit in the summer, so I got on a boat with a friend on the lake and everything like that. I had a great time out there. Um, and then when it's cold here, I mean, I spent a lot of time at the Mall of America. I love to shop. Uh, I like seeing those rides in the mall a little bit, so... Uh, there's definitely a lot to do here. Um, I mean, I've checked out a lot of the restaurants around here as well. So, um, yeah, so Minnesota definitely keep me busy. Uh, yeah, so I like it. You see the rides at, I don't know what they call it now. It used to be Camp Snoopy. I don't know if it's Nickelodeon Universe, <laughs> whatever it is. But I've got an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Yeah. They love riding every ride. <laughs> Even my 8-year-old will go on just about everything. The 11-year-old will go on everything. Right. Will you go on any ride? Um, I don't think I would go on the rides now, but like they're cool to see uh, in the mall, you just seeing the kids have so much fun. Yeah, I, I don't think I would go on the rides personally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. My wife, trust me, we go to Valley Fair, which is yeah. kind of like a Six Flags here in town. Trust me, more often than not, you know, the upside down roller coaster, I'm like, yeah, Laura, that's yeah, my wife. I'm like, Laura, yeah, one. go ahead. You, you go with the boys. I'll, I'll sit this one out. Trust me, I'm, I'm with you. I don't necessarily like going on the rides unless I'm like literally forced to. I'll right. go on them if need be. But otherwise, I'm like, kids, you're good. Wife, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go. Go have fun. Yeah, go, go join them. When did it hit you, Wendell, that this dream of playing in the NBA, this presumed dream, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you had that dream, going back to who knows, fifth grade, sixth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, whatever. When did it hit you that okay, this dream, it can become a reality? Like I'm really good at basketball. Right. I'll continue to, you know, improve. And hey, I think the NBA is is realistic. Right. Um, I, I kind of think for me it was more high school. I mean, it's always been a dream of mine because basketball was literally kind of only the sport I played. I mean, I ran track a little bit, but I wasn't. But like basketball was really my only love as a sport. Um, uh, growing up, so I definitely thought like in high school. Um, I mean, I was really good in high school. I I was like h- highly ranked, tied everything like that. Uh, but not even just because of that, I I just felt like, like this is all I knew. Like this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. 
Um, and then obviously going to Duke in college, I felt I always had a chance there. Um, and then after my third year at Duke, I was able to um, enter my name into the draft. So I, I think for me, I don't think there was ever a time that I didn't think I was going to play in the NBA because that was literally all I wanted to do since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I was going to follow up by asking just, was there ever any doubt? I mean, you know this. I mean, oftentimes you go to Duke, yeah. you're one and done. You're not there like you were for multiple seasons. Right. So I'm just wondering, maybe after your freshman year or even sophomore year, was there was there ever any doubt? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was doubt, but it was almost like I didn't think it would be that this hard, uh, almost kind of thing. Um, that like myself, I didn't think it would take me that long, kind of thing. Uh, but then I kind of learned me everybody's story is different. Everybody has a different journey to get where they want to get to. Um, mine took three years. Some takes one, two, four. However many it takes, um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's all about that destination, kind of, for me. It's all about the end goal, and uh, I just always kept getting better. That's always my thing. Um, and then my whole my whole process going through Duke was amazing. I, I loved every part of Duke. Uh, and um, I, obviously, with that, I wouldn't be where I am today, so. How much are you tracking Duke? Like, they're actually playing right now. Yeah. So you're here with me in studio, so and you're making eye contact. You don't have the game on your phone, but, like, when you can, do you go out of your way to watch, you know, every game? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely watch as many games as I can. They tend to play, like, at the times I'm normally, like, warming up, like, during my pregame shooting time, so I kind of watch them a lot during that time. Um, yeah, I mean, I have an up-and-down scene as well. I mean, but I think they'll uh, – uh, I'd be really good to fish now going into the tournament with a lot of momentum. Uh, I mean, Coach Shire is a great coach. He has great. He has some great players around him, so I think they'll figure it out. I mean, college um, basketball seems wide open. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought Purdue would be real good this year, right? After, you know, Ivy leaves mm-hmm. and, you know, now you got this big man, you know, Edie, who's taking this monster leap, and right. they brought in some freshmen. But, like, you know, I think preseason people thought Purdue might be, like, middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Now they're number one in the country. You know, Houston's been good, but yeah. like it seems like you could probably make a case for like 16 teams. Like when the brackets come out, this might be like the toughest time ever to fill out the brackets. Right, right. I mean, college basketball, there's so many good players, uh, it, especially in college. I mean, I think the thing that a lot of people don't like necessarily take into account is how much experience matters in college. I mean, because if you know how to play, you know the situations. I mean, the older guys helping the younger guys are kind of like the best teams out there. Uh, so when you kind of have that combination of talented young players with the veterans, I think uh, that makes a really good college team. I mean, like you say, it's, it's probably as wide open as it's ever been in, in the past couple of years is is like who could win a national championship. Um, I mean, but at the same time, I think that's what, what makes college basketball so fun to watch is that there's so many different teams that can win, that can lose. You can, uh, you can have the, the – especially around tournament times, it's just about whoever gets hot at the right time. I, mean, I would think the yeah. experience that carries through any level, right? Like, I'm trying to like just envision you one year from now, right? Like January of 2024, how much further along you'll be mm-hmm. your game with all the experience in the NBA compared to right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, experience for anybody is gonna like help with their growth because you're learning more about the environment you're in, so you can just get more comfortable in that environment. Um, again, I'm, I mean, so obviously, a, a year from now, hopefully, I'm. I'm better than I am today. I, I mean, that would definitely be the goal. In a, a year from now, I'll be better than I was then. Um, yeah, so that's kind of amazing. Just learning, growth, experience, it all kind of helps you uh, blossom into the player that you want to be. What will be some points of emphasis, you know, maybe more so this summer, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's you'll probably play summer league again and, right. you know, just what you'll be focusing on heading into year two. Are there certain things you already know in your mind, okay, 
this will be a point of emphasis, you know, this part of my game, that part of my game, mm-hmm. when you have some time to work with, you know, whether you have your own, you know, summer coach, you know, trainer, whatever, you know, come, you know, the off season, are there certain points of emphasis that you already know you're going to be working on? Um, I wouldn't say not really so much point of emphasis, but I, I think something that's going to be big for me, especially learning what I already know about kind of the NBA is I just kind of get into a routine. I kind of want to get my own routine down, whether it's eating, sleeping, um, how much I work out, what my pregame day looks like. Uh, just having a routine so I know that I have some do and like when I have to do it kind of thing. Like, I definitely think that helps guys in the league. Um because the league is kind of just so unpredictable. You never know what happens. But if you have your schedule, you have what you know you need to do and everything like that, um, it, it kind of helps you stay on top of all that. Uh, so I definitely think that's one thing I want to focus on myself just going into the summer is uh, it's really just getting into a routine. So, What's the routine like now? I mean, like take me through today. So today right. was a non-game day, Tuesday, January 31st. Mm-hmm. What does that day look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, so I just went to the gym earlier this morning. We had uh, – kind of like a practice or um, just like a film session, thing like that. You come in, get your workout, lift, treatment if you need it. Uh, and then we watch team film together um, after that. And then kind of that, we have the rest of the days to ourselves. So, um, and then just find a point where just like, just to get back in the gym another time that day or just somebody just go get some more shots, just incorporating that into the routine, um, and things like that. So. so did you get back in the gym later in the day? Yeah, I'm actually going after this, so. It's kind of, I mean, is that maybe what a lot of people don't grasp? Just the amount of work. I mean, you know, we're sitting here at whatever time it is, 7.30 on Tuesday night. You're going to hit the gym. Heck, you might be in the gym, what, until 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night after you were in the gym earlier today? Right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard work that goes into it, or I mean, none of us would be here, honestly. I mean, so, I mean, every guy in this league probably works as hard as I do. So, I mean, that's definitely one thing about the league is not only talent, but just the amount of work that guys put in. Uh, to be able to show that talent on a nightly basis. Um, that would be another thing that's been impressive to me this far. What does a game day look like? So tomorrow you guys play the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Take me through the schedule of a game day. Uh, so normally it's just like a shoot-around um, in, in the morning, and then we have that stay-in-shape league uh, around midday, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Um, they just get a chance to go home and chill for a little bit. Uh, and then my pregame shooting time is normally around like 4.30 on the court. Um, so get to the arena around then, get my pregame shooting, lift, treatment. Um, then it's, uh, it's time for the game. So it's kind of just a smooth day. So. And if you don't get in the game, will you do something even after the game then, like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night? I mean, we have like a lift after the game, everything like that, conditioning after the game, um, uh, just to stay in shape and things like that. So, yeah, definitely just some kind of work after the game just to kind of get that cardio uh, for the day as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's nuts though. Like, it's just, it's nonstop, right? And yeah, I mean, you're probably right that just about everybody's, you know, got a comparable schedule. Yeah. You know, so is there a way to separate? Like, do you have in your mind, okay, like I have to be that much better than this guy, that guy, and here's what I can do to do that? No, I don't think for me, is it, especially, I don't think it's, it's so much about like comparing myself and how, how much I work compared to others work and things like that. Um, it's kind of just about being the best version of me I can be. So if I feel like I, um, I didn't put enough work in uh, uh, one day then I'll tell myself that it's not because I feel like someone outworked me or anything like that. I just, I just wanted to, to be the best version of myself every day. Um, so that's kind of what I push myself to be um, and, and kind of the expectations I hold out of myself. You like where your shot's at. 
And how much more challenging is the NBA three-point line compared to the college line? Um, I do like where my shot is. I mean, I definitely feel like I'm I'm getting better um, with my mechanics, my balance, um, my my form, everything like that. Um, it, as far as it being harder, uh, I would say yes and no. I mean, because obviously it's it's just a little further. It's not that much further than the college three. Um, I mean, but it's still being guarded. I mean, the shots are going to be if they're not wide open. I mean, it's it's, it's always going to be a tough shot if you have somebody guarding you and things like that. Uh, so just staying in the weight room, just be able to get stronger, uh, to be able to have the strength to uh, to be able to shoot the deeper range and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, so my shots definitely coming along, and uh, I'm I'm liking where it's at. Who are the vets that you lean on the most? I'd probably say for our team, like Austin, Kyle, uh, TP, D'Lo, just guys who've been in the league a little longer. I mean, Bryn. Um, I mean, even Ant, he, uh, I mean, he's kind of turned into a leader on our team. So, I mean, really all the guys on our crew kind of taking uh, me or near wing kind of taught me uh, just little pieces about league that they can. Uh, so I'm definitely grateful for all the vets I have in the locker room. How impressive is Ant? I mean, just turned 21 in August. Yeah. To be able to do what he does at 21 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's special. Um, and, I mean, and really just the tear he's on right now is it's unbelievable We're just watching it firsthand. Um, I mean, he's that good of a player. Uh, I think he should be an all-star personally. So do I. I mean, um, to me, durability should yeah, matter. Right. Right? Like, with all due respect to Devin Booker, like, I don't think Devin Booker is an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, overall, is he an all-star? Sure. There's right. no debating that, but... Like, you need to play. Yeah. Like, and people trying to make a case for Kawhi Leonard being an all-star. No. Like, in my <laughs> mind, durability should be a factor. Like, and he I, should be I, an all-star. You know, the fact that Ant has played every game is impressive to me because there's not too many superstars out there today that are doing that. I mean, and, and it's not because it's maybe their decision, whatever, low management, things like that. But uh, just the fact that he's been able to play every single game and uh, he does whatever he can on that night to make sure our team has a chance to win. Um, and that's definitely what I think is the most impressive thing I've seen about him. He he's all about winning. He, like he's never about himself. Like he honestly, he probably doesn't even care if he's an all star or not. Like he just wants us to win. Um, and I think that's I think that's what makes a great team is when you have a great leader like that who doesn't care about themselves as um like their personal accolades. They care more about the team success. Seems like him and Finch have a good bond too. Yeah. And, you know, you can elaborate on this, but I, I think Chris can coach him pretty hard. There can be some healthy back and forth, but, you know, he can be coached hard. Like, not every star can be coached hard. Right. But his ego isn't to such where, you know, if Chris wants to mother F him, I guess he probably can. But, right. you know, it's done in love, right? But, like, when the star can be coached like that, I would think it just it trickles down. Oh, yeah, I mean, you said it right there. I mean, when Ant can... I take the kind of criticism he does in some of our film sessions sometimes from coach. I mean, I mean, why can't somebody like me as a rookie take that as well? I mean, so when I see Ant handling the way he does, it's only right I handle it in that same matter. I was like you said, it's definitely trickling down within our team, and that's why I think our team is just starting to gel just a lot more around this time. Everybody's starting to buy into what we're doing. Um, just, I mean, we're just looking a lot better. So, what stands out to you from from a defensive standpoint that? For the month of January, you touched on the record eleven and five in mm. January. You guys were a top ten defense. Yeah. So what clicked defensively in January? Um, I just kind of felt like, like we were just all moving as one. I um, mean, obviously we have Rudy back there anchoring our defense, um, and we rely on him a lot to kind of uh, like protect everything around block shots, contest shots, and everything like that. So not only that, but when you pair that with the kind of ball pressure our guards have been putting on um, the, the opposing team's guard, 
like the way Ant guards, the way Jaden guards, even D'Lo's been guarding and uh, Jalen Noel, the way I mean they've been able to to put pressure on these guards, be able to force them into Rudy. I mean, and obviously that's a tough challenge at the rim. So uh, we I mean, we kind of pair those two together, kind of makes up for a good defense. Anything we didn't touch on, Wendell, that you want to get out there? I mean, heck, we could talk all night, but <laughs> right. you've got more important things than sitting <laughs> in a podcast studio. you got work to do in the lab, in the um, gym. But anything we didn't touch on that, that listeners should be aware of? Um, no, I mean, I think this is, uh, it's, it's been a great opportunity for me to kind of um, let everybody in Minnesota know kind of who I am and what I'm about. Um, yeah, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great opportunity for me, so thank you. What do you think of Walker Kessler doing yeah. what he's doing in, in Utah? I mean, just crazy going back to, you know, when we first connected in person. Right. You know, Walker was on that stage. Walker was there, and now all of a sudden he's in Utah, and he's blowing up. Yeah. yeah I mean, again, that's just part of the business. Uh, I mean, he's doing a, um, a tremendous job in um, in Utah. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited for him. I'm proud of him, uh, uh, what he's been able to accomplish, so. And then you and Josh Minot, is there a strong bond there already? And what yeah. should fans know about Josh's game? Um, I'd probably say that he's just as electrifying as a player that that you'll probably ever see. I mean, the combination ever? is... Ever? Uh, I wouldn't say ever. I mean, I would not say ever because he's definitely electrifying, yeah. electrifying as a player. But just the combination, his talent, his athleticism, his size. Um, just, uh, I mean, I mean like you don't see too many... A too many athletes with the skill he has. Um, so that's definitely um, something that, that will surprise a lot of people soon. Perfect. Go get to the gym. <laughs> thank you for doing this. I, I appreciate, appreciate it, especially it. coming over here to the studio. You certainly yeah. didn't need to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been Wolves rookie Wendell Moore Jr. here on Scoop Podcast episode 408. Always appreciate you listening.